You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> Good morning, church. <laughs> Good morning. It's an honor to be here today. Normally, I'm hanging out with the elementary age kids, but today... I get to hang out with you guys, and we have a great message today, a great part of scripture we're looking at. Uh, My name is Sandra. If you guys don't know me, I'm the children's pastor, so that's why normally I'm with the kids. But God amazes me every day. Every day I think about what I've been through or think about um, kind of the places that God has taken me out of. I am so thankful for the way that he's rescued me. Every day I get to look into my daughter's eyes or hang out with my family. I'm thankful for the way that he's blessed me. And every day I get to hang out with your kids. I'm so thankful for the way that God uses me. And not just me, the whole team back there in Journey Kids. I am so thankful for where I'm at in my life. But if you would have asked me when I was younger what I would be doing or what I thought I'd be doing at this stage of life, I would have said something very different. From the time I can remember, at least high school, maybe even middle school, I wanted to be a hairstylist. I loved making people feel beautiful. I loved um, playing with people's hair, doing people's hair, playing with my sister's hair. And so as soon as I could, I went to beauty school, I got my license, and I built a nice life running salons, um, helping stylists who were just starting out, helping them grow their clientele. And right in the middle of me building this life that I thought I wanted, God showed me something different. He revealed a different plan for me. And I could have easily said, no, that's not what I see for myself. That's not where I see my future. But instead, I decided to step out on a limb. And I'm so thankful that I did decide to try something new and trust God in a different way. And I say that not to pat myself on the back, but to encourage everyone to spend time with the Lord, pray, ask him how he wants to use you at this stage in your life because God can use each and every one of us. And to be super clear, we don't all have to work at a church to be used by God. Um, I served God way before I even worked at church, right? I prayed with my friends at work. I encouraged my friends at work. I served in my community in many ways. And the ladies that I worked with at the salon knew that I was a Christian. So if they had something they were struggling with or if they had a friend that was in need of prayer, they would come to me and we would pray. I got to fast with a friend because she was coming up on a difficult decision. So God may be calling you into ministry, which is awesome, but even if he's not, God can use you wherever you are. There is a lot going on in the world today, and it can feel daunting to try to do the right thing especially when it feels like chaos is all around us. Sometimes life can feel like an uphill battle. We're trying to do the right thing, trying to live a life that honors God, but if some, it might, we might feel alone in that. But we must know that what Jesus offers us is far better than what we can do for ourselves or the life that we can build for ourselves. We need Jesus. We are faced with decisions every day, and I hope that after today's message, we see that our decisions do matter. How we deal with sin in our life matters. I have loved this Genesis series because we're going back to the beginning. 
Jesus' story doesn't start in the New Testament or in the Gospels. His story starts in the beginning, just as John 1.1 says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus' story is weaved throughout Scripture, and it continues on today through each and every one of us. Today we're going to look at two very interesting chapters in Genesis. We're looking at chapter 18 and chapter 19. Chapter 18 starts with the Lord appearing to Abraham. Abraham was with God, or God was with Abraham, and God is also with us. Abraham saw three visitors, and he ran over and invited them for a meal. And the men followed Abraham as he continued to make the preparations for the meal. And as they were sitting and eating, the visitors are on a mission from God, but they stop in the middle of their mission, and they reveal something. They relay a message to Abraham to Abraham and his wife. They share God's promise that they would have a son in a year's time. So Abraham is spending time in God's presence, and God reveals something else to him. Genesis 18, 20 through 23 says, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin is so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham, he remained standing before the Lord. And after hearing this, Abraham asked God some great questions. He asked, if you find 50 righteous people, would you sweep them away with the wicked? And God responds, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham went down to 45, and God agreed, and then 30, and God agreed, 20, and finally 10. So if God found just 10 righteous people, then all of Sodom and Gomorrah would be saved. Sodom was a place ruled by sin, abuse, lies, corruption. But because of Abraham and God's conversation— All the people living in Sodom and Gomorrah would not perish if they just found ten righteous people. The people in Sodom and Gomorrah were corrupt and sinful, but among them lived Lot. Lot is Abraham's nephew, and in Sodom, Lot lived with his wife and his two daughters. And of course, Abraham didn't want to see his nephew and his nephew's family punished for the sin that was around them. One thing, one highlight from this story, one thing I love about this story as I was reading it, is that God listened to Abraham. He didn't disregard him. He didn't ignore him or redirect him. He just listened. God listens to us as well. And when I read that, it really struck me because as a parent, sometimes it's so easy to disregard your kids or redirect them or try to find something else to, somewhere else to point their attention. But it's so important for us to listen to our kids just like God listens to us. He knows way more than we ever could, right? His ways are higher than our ways, but he still listens to us. In Genesis 19, we see something that should change the way we make decisions forever. Lot was at the entrance to the city of Sodom when the angels arrived. And the entrance, or the city's entrance, would have been a place where very important meetings took place, very important business took place. So everyone that was allowed in that place 
was either very important or they knew very important people. So Lot sees the angels when they first arrive, and he quickly invites them over to his um, home to stay until morning. And at first the angels said, no, no, it's fine. We'll find somewhere else to stay. Don't worry about us. But Lot urges them. He says, no, come with me. And he wants to take them home and uh, be a good host. So they finally agree and go with Lot to his home. And that evening, in Lot's home during their dinner, a mob goes to the door. And they plan to violate the two angels. And the mob refers to these angels as men, which makes sense because in biblical times, angels appeared as men. But so the mob wants to violate these two, main, these two men or angels. So Lot, being the good host that he is, because hosting was very important at that time, you would put your life down before you let somebody hurt your guests. So Lot, being the good host that he was, goes outside, and he tries to calm down the mob, and he tries to tell them, you know, he tries to barter with them, find another way where they wouldn't hurt the angels. Well, that doesn't go as planned. That's not working out how Lot planned it in his mind. So the angels actually have to grab him and pull him back in the home, and they have to blind the mob, so that they can't see anymore. They can't see to get inside the home or to hurt anybody inside the home. Then the angels tell Lot and his family to flee Sodom because they've come to destroy the land. And this was hard for Lot and his family since Sodom was their home. They were very comfortable there. They didn't want to leave. And I'm sure on some level, we can all relate to that as well. Sometimes we get so comfortable in the life that we've created that we miss what's happening around us. Maybe even we miss what's happening within us. Sometimes we allow sin in our lives and we try to hide it or ignore it or minimize it or act like it's not there, but it is there. And sin is so sneaky. And we have become so good at missing or overlooking the sin in our lives because we are focused so much on the sins of others. And that can look like comparing our sins to others. Like, yeah, I am, I'm doing this, but at least I'm not doing that. Or at least I'm not doing what that person over there is doing. Or we're just afraid. What will people think if they know the sin that I'm dealing with? And maybe we become masters at hiding the sin that's in our lives. But even if we master the art of hiding sin, God knows. He knows the sins that we struggle with. He knows what's going on in our, in our lives. So when we find ourselves excusing our sin or comparing our sin to others, that should be a clue that we've allowed sin in our lives and we need to address it. But back to Lot and his family. So the angels tell them to flee, and Lot goes first to the men that are pledged to marry his daughters. And he warns them, and he wants them to go with them. But unfortunately, those men did not take Lot seriously. They thought he was joking, and they had no intentions on leaving with Lot and his family. So Lot goes back home. And at dawn the next morning, the angels insist again, Lot, take your wife and daughters and go. Flee immediately. But Lot hesitated once again. So the angels finally grab the hands of Lot, his wife, and his daughters, and they run them outside, and they order them now. Flee for your life, run for your lives, and don't look back. And at first, the angels directed Lot to take his family to the mountains, but Lot didn't want to go to the mountains. So they settled on fleeing to a nearby village of Zor. They arrive at the village 
just as the sun was rising over the horizon. And at that time, God rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything in the land was destroyed down to the vegetation. And at that moment, Lot's wife made a fatal mistake. She looked back. And she became a pillar of salt as a result of her decision to look back. So now Lot and his two daughters are left to start a new life in a new land. The story of Lot's wife reminds me of a few people. She reminds me of Eve because she questioned, is it true? Is the land really destroyed? Is my home really gone? I have to look back and see. Just like Eve questioned, is what God says true or is what the serpent says true? She had to taste the fruit to see. And the story of Lot's wife reminds me of myself sometimes. I can easily excuse the sins that I struggle with. I could say it's not that bad. I could begin to make changes, but then turn right back to them. I want everyone for a moment to think of the sins that you struggle with. Think of the things that only you know about yourself, right? The things that trip you up. What would it look like to give it up? What would it cost you? Today, I want to encourage all of us to choose differently. Take accountability for our actions and our sins and choose differently. It might be scary, new, and maybe even intimidating, but at some point, we have to make a change. Now for the good news. The beauty of all of this, this whole story of Sodom and Gomorrah, is that if we are ready and willing to call out to God for help, he has provided a way for us to be free from the sin that plagues us. Because Jesus sacrificed himself, stepped down from heaven, being born as a baby, living a sinless life, dedicating his time here on earth to healing others and teaching about the kingdom of God, and allowing himself to be arrested and beaten, and ultimately laying down his life so that our sins could be forgiven, so that our relationship with God could be restored. All we have to do is hear that and accept that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And if you haven't already, you can be baptized to publicly proclaim that you're choosing to follow Jesus. And then we begin to spend time with God through reading our scripture, through prayer, through spending time with other believers. We get to learn and share together. Sometimes we think that being a Christian simply means going to church on Sundays, which is a very important part of it, right? But it's so much more than that, too. If you were to ask me today what it means to be a Christian, I would say it's knowing who Jesus is, knowing what he did for you, and dedicating the rest of your life to honoring God and growing a relationship with him and the people that he places in your life. Something that really challenged me when I was new to my faith was the thought that God could only use perfect people. I simply thought I wasn't good enough to serve God or to be used by God, and I had so many reasons that I thought made me ineligible to serve the God that I loved. I heard so many people over the years say, I can't get baptized yet because I'm still dealing with sin or I'm still struggling with something. But I want to encourage you guys today, God doesn't want perfection. He doesn't require our perfection, right? 
He just wants to help us. He wants to help us. He wants to build a relationship with us. And he wants our genuine worship and love to flow out of the abundance that he gives us. And as we grow in our relationship with him, naturally we will change. Our lives will be transformed. We can't help it. I stand here today as a very different woman than the one I was prior to accepting Jesus. A drastically different mother than the one my girls started out with. By knowing that God is with us, he listens to us and he helps us. I hope that's the encouragement that you need today to say, I'm ready. I'm not perfect, but I'm ready. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah should change the way we make decisions because we can't continue to keep choosing sin or looking back to sin. Just as God was giving them another chance, he wants to give us another chance as well. He sent the angels, and if they just found ten righteous people, the people could have been spared. They could have chosen differently. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah could have ended differently. But the sin was too deep. The wickedness was too deep. There weren't even ten righteous people in the whole city. These people had become so comfortable in a place where sin ruled, where corruption was everywhere, that they couldn't help themselves. They started to sin as well. Don't let that be our story. If you haven't chosen to give your life to Christ, God is here holding out his hand, patiently waiting for you to choose him. He doesn't promise that it will be easy, but he promises to be with you, to be with you through everything that this world tries to throw at you. I couldn't do life without God. My heart would have broke years ago, and I truly believe I stand here by the grace of God. But back to our story. This same morning, Abraham woke up and returned to a place where he stood in the Lord's presence. He looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and he watched as the smoke rose from the cities. And Genesis 19.29 says, But God had listened to Abraham's request. And he kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. God was with Abraham, and God is with us. God listened to Abraham, and God listens to us. God helped Abraham, and God helps us. Life is full of challenges. It's full of mistakes. And one thing I love to tell not only my kids, but my nieces and nephews and kids that I know from church, is that mistakes are a part of learning. Like, we're going to make mistakes, and it's a part of learning. And it's okay to make a mistake as long as you learn from it and choose differently in the future. And that I actually got from my mom. She recited that to me many times when I was younger because, obviously, I made a lot of mistakes as a kid. <laughs> Um, but my mom would tell me that over and over, and she wanted me to know the power that I had within me to choose better and to do better. In this life, we're faced with many decisions, and we make decisions whether we are aware of them or not, whether we think through them at first or not. Our actions or our inactions show the decisions that we've made. We will either choose the world and our own desires, or we will choose to follow Jesus and God's plan for our lives. Today, let's choose to flee from sin and not look back. Pray with me.
God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that um, the more that we read your word, God, you begin to reveal so many things to us. Thank you for this body that you've put us in, God. I pray that you will continue to use us, Lord. Continue to challenge us. Continue to direct us. And God, I pray that all of our hearts are willing to follow you, to step through the doors that you open. And um, God, thank you for all that you do and all that you are. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.